Hi there, this is Fahad Al-Anzi and welcome to Mind Universe. So far, as some of you may know already, this show is a solo effort. And I'd like to ask for your support to allow it to grow and reach a larger audience. If you enjoy the content that I provide, please consider supporting the show by rating it 5 stars on Apple Podcasts and leaving a comment on what you think about the episodes and the show altogether. Also, by sharing it on social media and with your family and friends. You can find all my social media accounts, my Telegram channel, and my official website at the following link, direct.me Fahad. Feel free to follow me on social media and subscribe to my Telegram channel. Over there, you can find my writings, artworks, personal projects, general news, and podcast updates. Your support is highly appreciated. Thank you kindly. I'm not sure if this is something terrifying or relieving. I still wonder about it. Everything that you do has consequences. There is nothing that you would do that will go unpunished or unrewarded. And, you know, having that knowledge, thinking in such a way, it's, it's probably strange to think, why is anyone doing anything if every single thing you do will come back to you and well the answer to that is perhaps that even your lack of action will come back to you even if you choose to do nothing and try nothing you will pay for that as well you pay for your actions and inactions and well to think i'll I'll put it this way You know how it might be terrifying to think that anything you do will come back to you? It's more terrifying to say that even what you do not do will come back to you. One day you will pay for choosing to remain silent and do nothing and be nothing. Maybe not now, but in the future. So that's something to think about. And... While the notion is terrifying that you pay for everything that you do and not do, there's a silver lining in that knowledge. It is encouraging to, actually it inspires you to always be true to yourself. Always say and do what you believe to the best of your knowledge to be the truth, to be something that you believe in and to not lie to not steal, to not deceive, but rather to be honest, to be straightforward, to be direct, and to be the best you can be, to be true to yourself. And that perhaps is a way to handle such tremendous weight, knowing that everything that you do will come back to you. You cannot, you cannot cheat the laws of reality. You cannot do something and have no consequences. You cannot not do something and have no consequences because inaction also has a price. And you know, it's, 
when you think about it, it's such, it's such a beautiful thing to know that reality, this life, abides by rules that make sense. You know, it's logical. Maybe it's not pleasant. Maybe it doesn't pay off all the time your best efforts and when you try to win at something or make something out of yourself and it doesn't work out as you want it to be it th there's a sense of relief in knowing that life is logical every aspect in life is defined by a set of rules that cannot defy reason the laws of reality are not nonsensical I'll give you a story that will deliver the point. Let's say you're someone who works in construction. You build houses or you renovate rooms. All right, let's go with your interior designer. You're being an honest person. You work hard and, you know, always deliver a work that is satisfactory. Eventually, you will not be getting complaints. You will not have a bad reputation. And that is not nothing. Because sometimes you may not be lucky in marketing or public relations. But not getting complaints and not having customers coming back yelling at you, asking for their money back or asking you to redo the whole thing with no extra payment, that in itself is you know, it's an amazing thing. You're saving yourself a hell lot of trouble. And let's say another uh, interior designer is bad at their job. They're not honest. They, you know, half-ass their work. They might think they will get away with it. You know, I'm just going to do the job, finish the contract, get paid and get out of, get out of there. No, they will have a bad reputation. They will not get many customers, they're gonna be seen as shady. In fact, the way they represent themselves, and, and this is fascinating to me, you as a person, if you're not straightforward and honest, it shows in the way you act, the way you look, the way you conduct yourself, even your physical shape when you're walking and talking and moving, it, it just comes off as underhanded and dishonest. And that will come back to bite you. You will have clients calling you again and again, complaining and yelling at you and telling you they might go to court with you. Just the fact that you're not getting lucky, although luck, sure, luck plays a part in it, but even luck falls under the jurisdictions of logic. There is no magic luck. Luck will still be reasonable. An example of a lucky break is you're working hard, you're honest, and you happen to stumble upon um, a client who is so well known and they, they ask you to do a project that will, you know, skyrocket your business. That happened by logic as well. You just stumbled upon them. Maybe you did it, you did work for a client and they introduced you to this big client and then your name became you know, known all over. But then again, had you been someone who is not straightforward or someone who is, let's go with an example of someone who goes with inaction. You know, you do have your job and you're lazy. You don't want to work so much. You want to just lay back and 
do enough to make it through the month, let's say. Had you been that way and you followed the path of inaction, you will not land such a client. Even if you stumble upon them, they will turn you down. They don't want someone lazy. So yeah, it's fascinating to me how everything you do comes back to you. And while that may sound terrifying, it should sound, and it does, encouraging as well. It should encourage you to put yourself in order, not be lazy, work hard, be honest, you know, and all the good things, because a part of you knows they will come back to you. And the alternative is true. If you're being deceitful, that will come back to you. And I'll, I'll finish this part with a note. You know, many times when you are being honest, straightforward, being good and doing your best, yet still life deals you with such bad luck, let's say. I'm, I'm going to use luck again. You are facing people who misjudge you, who are rude and who always want to hurt you in a way they want to sully your name or whatever by being you the nature of being who you are someone who's honest and straightforward eventually it will come back to you and they will get their part as well they will realize the mistake they have done and they will realize just who you truly are and even if they don't others will that's the nature of life. Otherwise, we would be thrown into chaos and nothing would make sense. And, you know, we will be damned to oblivion. But thankfully, that's not the case. With that being said, although there is a price for inaction and it's best usually to act, sometimes you should not force action when it will not come to you. That is something I've struggled with oftentimes not even just once where i have tried to force myself to do something but i could not it would not work out an example is i once tried to record an episode yet i didn't feel inspired i didn't have anything in mind and instead of trying to go for a walk talk to someone seeking a way to inspire myself to do an episode i locked myself in trying to jog my brain and force myself to do something to produce content but i could not and at that time had i chosen to go with the path of inaction and just you know take a break have some time off that would have been the right choice and also, had I produced a bad episode, that would come back to me eventually. People would know that the quality that is being given to them is not at unexpected or usual quality, is not good, and therefore it will not be taken in such a way. And to talk about things that require skill, things that you enjoy or want to get better at. You have to keep practicing. You have to keep doing it. In order to learn and grow, you have to make a lot of mistakes. 
you have to be repeating the same thing several times. And with repetition, you will find yourself growing and doing a better job. And while maybe on some aspects it seems like you are doing the same thing, you will find yourself improving in increments. You will find yourself becoming faster at the things you are doing. And you will be doing things you initially were unable to do before. The thing that makes you not want to do it is all the mistakes and the embarrassing moments you will have to go through. Even if no one sees it or knows about it, you don't want to put yourself in situations that cause you to see how badly you can struggle, how badly you would perform. You wouldn't want to acknowledge that you can fail like that. Still, you should keep practicing. Through trial and error, you will start failing less than before. You will become able to attempt things you couldn't initially. The beauty of remaining focused and dedicated is you don't know what's going to happen if you do. And you know, it's okay if you find yourself regressing, becoming worse, or revisiting the beginnings and having to do it all over again. You will become better at that. You will have reached a level of prestige where while it may seem like you are starting over, your knowledge and understanding of the material will be there. It'll serve you because you will already have acquired a level of insight. You never know what awaits you if you never give up. There's a mystery in the journey. That's part of the fun of this adventure. If you try, if you keep on trying, you will get to find out what will happen. And, and it isn't just that practice makes you perfect. That's a cliche, even if it is true. Practice also teaches you, grounds you, builds your foundation, and makes you able to execute the things you were struggling with, with more finesse and ease. Practice makes it come to you naturally as well. And you know, you might have something that you have been putting off for a long time, perhaps months or years, and it still is put off in the distance. It's something planned in the future, a future that never comes close. It's continuously, it continuously is in front of you, yet you keep not wanting to move towards it. The truth is, however, it isn't in the future. It's just put aside. Because even if time passes and the future becomes the present, that thing will not move. It will remain distant. The reason is, you haven't started it and you do not plan on working on that. You keep thinking that you'll do it later. And, and this later is always in the future and is never now. Still, what you do not realize yet, should realize, is that you make the time for things like that. The time will not be made for you. It won't be magically prepared and presented to you and then you can tackle it. You have to take the initiative for what you purposefully, personally, and individually 
desire to pursue. You have to be the one who creates the opportunity and works on it. You must be the one who makes now the perfect time to work on what you have been putting off for so long. And this wraps well with the consequences of action and inaction and also with how you shouldn't force things to happen yet you should try to pursue them in one way or another especially when it's something that you desire and all of that brings me to self-doubt and the funny way it works usually those who know the least are the ones who speak the most they are the most confident and they are the ones who are outspoken and loud yet those who know more and who actually think things through usually are hesitant and refuse to be involved they would rather hide because they worry that they might embarrass themselves or they might say something that is either untrue or inaccurate and this is what the Dunning-Kruger effect is about. From Wikipedia, quote, The Dunning-Kruger effect is a hypothetical cognitive bias stating that people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability, as described by social psychologists David Dunning and Justin Kruger. The bias results from an internal illusion in people of low ability and from an external misperception in people of high ability. That is, the miscalibration of the incompetent stems from an error about the self, whereas the, mis the miscalibration of the highly competent stems from an error about others. It is related to the cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from people's inability to recognize their lack of ability. Without the self-awareness of metacognition, people cannot objectively evaluate their level of competence. End quote. So, you know the saying, not everyone is an artist, yet everyone is a critic? I believe it stems from the same, let's say, field of the Dunning-Kruger effect. People who know so little over-evaluate their opinion, thinking they know so much. Yet those who have learned and have developed themselves realize just how much is ahead of them and how little they know. And so it becomes an opposition in a way. Those who know a good amount of information and have a decent level at their abilities believe themselves to not know much at all. Yet those who know so little and have very little capacity when it comes to their abilities think they know everything there is to know. There are problems when it comes to knowing so little and overestimating your abilities and the lack of confidence that arises from doubting yourself and undervaluing both your knowledge and abilities because of the awareness of how much there is that you do not yet know or can do. So, the first problem with those who overestimate themselves and think it's a personal and an ego thing their ego is involved and therefore they are reflecting an image that is false in regards to their capacity 
which comes off as arrogant and misinformed. They think the amount of knowledge and skills they have is in direct correlation with the image they have of themselves. When they interact with someone who has passed that threshold and is working on their ability to a point that they realize just how little they know and therefore their ego has been humbled and they have become able to realize just how much they do not know. The overconfident person will become outspoken even though they know less than the person who is lacking in confidence. They will think that they have authority and a higher level of competence even though their ability is inferior. And the one who knows more and has better ability would feel insecure about their knowledge and might think this outspoken person is more capable and more knowledgeable than they are. Having confidence is good, obviously. Believing in yourself is a wonderful thing. However, misplaced confidence often blinds you. It makes you unable to improve. It will lead you to believe you are good enough where you are and you would be satisfied being where you are. And you won't need to improve. You will lack the desire or the drive to work on your abilities and knowledge. So that's the first problem. The second problem is of an obsessive nature. So those who are overconfident can be possessed by this idea of themselves that they have it becomes their reality the same thing is the case with those who are good enough yet feel overburdened by the amount of knowledge and skill that they lack they fall victim to this idea that they do not know anything and it can lead them to having an imposter syndrome and becoming low in confidence i've talked about the imposter syndrome in the previous episode. So, doubting themselves and believing they aren't good enough, that becomes their reality as well. And it isn't a good mentality to conduct yourself with, especially when you're trying to improve, get better, and reach a higher level of ability. The overwhelming feeling that you are someone who isn't good enough can crush your soul and make you want to quit, hide, and simply disappear. It helps to reevaluate yourself, regardless of which side of the spectrum you are in. If you are someone who is overly confident despite the lack of knowledge and ability in you, then hone your ego and humble it. Be more disciplined. Keep in mind there is so much more for you to learn and that you can embrace the learning, enjoy it, and enjoy the practice and, you know, you can enjoy becoming better actually. There is no shame in not being the best or even being good for that matter. As long as you are willing to improve and work on yourself, then that's all that matters. And if you are someone who is practicing and working on their ability, yet finds themselves to be lacking in confidence, feeling unworthy and feeling that like you shouldn't talk or display your work and should just hide, then you need to be kinder to yourself and acknowledge that 
even though you aren't yet where you wish to be, you still are far better than you give yourself credit for. It's a process and you are walking that process. You are getting better. In both cases, it's best to be self-focused and it's best to avoid being subjugated to the ideas that you have to a point that they overwhelm, cripple, blind and constrain you, making you unable to move forward. And the best case scenario for you would be being stuck in place. And here's the thing. It's good to be aware of those things because it helps you view yourself under a better light. You will be able to become more forgiving of yourself and of your shortcomings and imperfections. The work that you do, the level of ability that you currently have, you will be able to live with them because your vision will be more grounded. You will have the capacity to not judge yourself so harshly for not being there yet. In fact, you will be able to do that patiently too. You will be able to progress and have more patience with yourself. Even in social situations, having this awareness will help you not feel pressured by those around you. Because it's possible that you think that everyone who is outspoken is all-knowing. And if you speak up, you will embarrass yourself. Because what do you know compared to someone who is exerting so much confidence? And, and the thing about it is, being aware of this isn't a method to undermine others. Rather, it helps remind you that you are human and they are human. You make mistakes, you are flawed, you have shortcomings, and none of you has all the information. And it's possible that they know something that you don't and that you know something they don't. And it's okay. Just as you feel lacking in so many things and you feel like you will embarrass yourself if you speak up, it's the same thing for others. What they have isn't something that you lack. And well, even if they do have things that you don't, or if they are more competent than you are, you shouldn't compare yourself to them or anyone else in the first place for that matter. Your only comparison should be you. You know, one thing that I think about when it comes to facing the problems in life, sometimes even though you do need to have the resolve to face them truthfully, they can overwhelm you sometimes and make you unable to be truly or entirely yourself. You become a version of you that is weakened or isn't really you. It isn't really who you are. Parts of you are missing. And this is something I'd like to think more on and reflect upon. And well, in regards to being someone who feels a lack of confidence in their abilities, it's easy to find yourself facing a creative block, which is another struggle in its own right. You want to continue to work and even find a part of you pressuring you, telling you how you are being useless and you should be doing more, yet you can't seem to do anything. 
you're constantly hitting a wall that makes you unable to work or do anything about it. A creative block is a terrible thing because it's something outside of your control and you don't know what to do about it. You do want to sit down and do the work and you do make the time for that but nothing comes to you. And ironically enough, the more you try and the harder you pressure yourself to do it, you find yourself becoming exhausted, cornered, and even possibly depressed. It can lead you to feeling a form of depression. And well, facing a creative block is part of this journey. Facing it can even lead you to madness, perhaps. So what do you do when you have such a problem in your hands? I believe a creative block deserves its own episode, or rather, a big portion of an episode. So, hopefully I will be able to discuss it further in the future. Because I can, I can say that you need to get out of your head and go out of your space where you usually are being creative. Maybe go out for a walk, talk to someone, find an exit that will allow your thoughts to de clutter and reorganize themselves but I would like to go in depth about creative blocks so tell me what you think would you choose the path of action or the path of inaction are you making the time for the things you desire to do yet have been putting off for so long are you blinded by your ego or are you feeling a lack of confidence because of how much you know you lack? Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.